This is Punk Rock and Politics, and today is December 5th, 2017, and this is episode number 45. Let's do this! These days are strange, it's true. I would bomb the shit out of them. If you think that punk rock doesn't mix with politics, you're wrong. Welcome to Punk Rock and Politics. Today we'll be talking with Steve and Kevin from the Orange County-based band The Whining Pussies about the Southern California music scene, social media's influence on society, and why is Facebook an asshole? I think it desensitizes a lot of people, especially kids, because uh, all the kids are on social media and I feel like they see a lot of stuff that they normally shouldn't. I mean, it's real stuff too. You'll see violent stuff on Facebook, violent videos, and they're just up there. And kids on Facebook, they're singing that. It's not like a movie. Then on Open Mic's last call, we'll talk about the GOP's tax scam bill. I mean, I mean tax plan bill. It passed the Senate late the other night, and now everyone's freaking out. And we'll talk about that and more. So let's get to the political mosh pit. But first, here's the news of the week. Here's what's making news. North Korea launches another intercontinental ballistic missile, which landed 200 miles off the coast of Japan. The missile went 10 times higher than the International Space Station. The UN Ambassador Nikki Haley had harsh words for North Korea. This is the ninth time this year that the Security Council has met in reference to North Korea. Last time we spoke in the Security Council about North Korea's development of nuclear weapons, The United States made clear that the future of North Korea was in the hands of its leaders. If they chose the path of peace, the world would live in peace with them. But if they chose the path of defiance, we would respond appropriately. The choice, we said, was theirs. China must show leadership and follow through. China can do this on its own, or we can take the oil situation into our own hands. The dictator of North Korea made a choice yesterday that brings the world closer to war, not farther from it. We have never sought war with North Korea, and still today, we do not seek it. If war does come, it will be because of continued acts of aggression like we witnessed yesterday. And if war comes, make no mistake, the North Korean regime will be utterly destroyed. General Michael Flynn pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI about conversations with a Russian ambassador last December. And here's a clip from Mike Flynn during the RNC's national convention back in 2006. We we do not need a reckless president who believes she is above the law. Lock her up. That's right. Get, that's right. Lock her up. Oh, now, isn't karma a bitch, huh, Flynn? The Supreme Court will allow President Trump's travel ban on six Muslim-majority nations to go into effect. And in retail news, the drugstore CVS said it will purchase the bloodthirsty health insurer Aetna in a $69 billion mega merger that will change the health insurance industry which it will create more mega mergers, less providers, which means less competition, higher prices, and soaring stocks for the health insurance CEOs, their board members, and stockholders. Because isn't health insurance number one priority? Profit, right? On this day in tragic rock history, December 5th, 1993, Doug Hopkins of the band Gin Blossoms died of self-inflicted gunshot wounds at the age of 32. The guitarist and songwriter was in a detox unit in Phoenix, Arizona. When he snuck out and bought a 38 caliber pistol, the next day, Hopkins committed suicide. Just another case in the long reasons to discuss gun safety and regulations. And that's the news of the week.
It's another episode of the Punk Rock and Politics Podcast, and that means we'll be featuring another band. And on today's episode, we'll be checking out music from the band The Whining Pussies. The Whining Pussies are a Southern California-based punk band that seamlessly mix punk, rock, and reggae with lyrics that are funny yet based on serious topics such as Facebook is an asshole, which the lyrics are dealing with the effects of social media on today's society. Well, poking fun of social media and how we all use it. The Whiny Pussies are a fresh dose of old school punk with a new twist delivered lyrically for the angst of the 21st century. And I was lucky enough to talk with Steve and Kevin from the band, but before we get to the interview, let's check out one of their songs, which just so happens to be a cover of a classic punk song. Let's see if you know this one. Here's Wasted by The Whiny Pussies. by the whining pussies and that's actually a badass black flag cover and i have the guys from the whining pussies well two of them here on the punk rock and politics podcast and what is up hey how's it going what's up brother hey how are you guys so i got uh kevin and steve here do you guys want to introduce yourselves uh to the audience and uh, say what you play and then who are we missing uh this is steve and i play guitar and i and i sing in the whining pussies you do uh, kz i'm uh guitar rhythm guitar on the pussies well i was doing bass at the time that wasted video came out but we ended up picking up another guy that's uh actually not here right now uh steve gonzalez from uh like an old school punk bands and then we're missing our drummer too yeah unfortunately but so we got half of the whining pussies here (laughs) you got half of them (laughs) representing though Cool. Well, hey, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. And you guys are kind of like a reggae, uh, punk rock type of uh, band. It's really cool, especially the last song, Wasted. I really like, I mean, that's like a classic punk song from Black Flag, but I really like how you guys put your own spin on it, but you still kind of paid homage to the original song. Yeah, that's what I was going for. Um, 
I just always love that song and the lyrics and everything that Keith Morris does. And uh, I think it's the perfect Southern California song. And I just, Southern California just did it more. What's more Southern California than beachy reggae type music. So beachy I, white boy reggae. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that, well, yeah, I was going to say totally because you guys are based uh, out of Huntington Beach. And the video, I'm sure, is filmed right over there. Um, it has that beach reggae kind of vibe and speaking of white boy reggae first thing comes to mind Huntington Beach uh, Anaheim area is uh, uh, sublime you know <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah they're a huge influence in my favorite bands yeah I you know I, I don't know if you guys notice this, but really when you go outside of the Southern California bubble you don't hear sublime on the radio <laughs> not like you do here true yeah it's very true there's a lot of bands that you don't hear That's... outside Southern California and a lot of it's punk rock. Like there's rock, punk rock, rock stars that just exist in Southern California. Mm. But I think if they, people outside this area, don't don't really know about them. It's a lot of great music that's just based out of here that the people in Southern California know. You know, that's a that's been an ongoing trend for a number of years. Like even way back into the '80s, Oingo Boingo used to be like an LA oh. band only, and then they yep. ended up doing. Uh, one movie shot next thing you know they're nationwide doing worldwide tours and such so yeah. well known in their local community you know yeah and well and elfman he went on to write scores for so many uh awesome movies and everything but actually i heard oingo boingo back before they even made it big they would go down to tijuana and just go play at random bars and shit down there and i heard yeah. someone was like yeah. dude i walked into a bar down here in tijuana and fucking oingo boingo was playing <laughs> you know like what? they're still doing that out here uh they're still doing that around the corner from where we're at right now um at a place called the marlin bar uh-huh. uh the, all the all of them except for elfman lives in the so they're, you know, you can catch those guys down nearby here. Mm, wow. That's... On occasional Fridays and Saturdays. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Yeah, it is a bit of time to go. So, so mm. how is the scene there in Huntington Beach and, you know, Anaheim, uh, OC area? It's pretty thriving. It's a pretty good scene. You know, people are all, you know, it's a lot of people are going out and whether, you know, it's, it's 20 heads or so, it could be a couple hundred heads. You never know is the thing. Yeah. Uh, but it's going strong, and you got a lot of bands that are out of the area. You know, we got what Darkness and Three Ninety are out of here mm-hmm. as well. You know, good yeah. friends of ours. Yeah, it's yeah. uh, yeah, Three Ninety. We've had uh, Ron on the podcast. He's a good friend of the podcast, and that's actually yeah, yeah. how we met you guys. And I mean, or I, I was introduced to you guys. And so, big shout out to Ron and Three Ninety, definitely. Yeah, cool. The, the punk rock scene out here is still. It's uh, I mean, this is one of the meccas of punk rock. Southern California, yes. mm-hmm. and uh, it's pretty cool because you'll see the younger punk bands playing the younger kids, and then you'll see the the older punk rock guys in the back of the bar still hanging out at the same places and watching the bands. Yeah. One thing I will say is that uh, I've noticed in the scene out here is uh, the backyard parties are where it's at right now, man. You, you'll see a lot of them in like the IE area out here in uh, Long Beach, like kind of north of where we're at. Those are the ones that I really have a lot of fun at personally. The venues, the venues, I think people hold back on. Yeah, well, and the venues are kind of restricted in, in some aspects of what you can do. Right. Do there. Yeah. The kids, the, the kids in the IE right now, and the, the uh, they're throwing all ages shows in in backyards and uh, making a lot of money. I mean, they're just maybe twenty years old, maybe even younger than that, and charging five bucks to get into these shows wow. and. Um, Yes, dude. That's yeah. that's how it was back when I was in high school. You know what? Third for you know a hundred years ago. <laughs> um, you know, yep. way back in the day, it was five bucks to go see a show. It was all ages, all the venues, and you had three, four venues to pick from, and you'd just go, right. and you'd you'd bound to see at least one, maybe two cool bands, and it was five bucks. It was nothing. But now I've noticed you want to go to an all ages show. It's 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 crazy. It's like twenty bucks or something. And then a lot right. of the shows when I was out in Arizona and out in the Midwest and you know not here in the San uh, you know Southern California bubble, a lot of the shows are at bars. So it's twenty one plus, and you know, and even maybe mm-hmm. even a cover there. So 
I, that's fucking awesome right. to hear that the the kids are doing that. They're bringing that back because that that was such a good social like, thing to do. I think it was kind of forced to thing that happened because a lot of the venues they were charging so much to have kids because they don't drink alcohol. So where are they going to make their money? Well, yes. we're going to charge the kids. So these kids are like, you know what? We're going to do this right. We're going to DIY it, and we'll do like the venues do, but we'll find a backyard to hold it at. We've had a couple of shows that were like that. One of them being the Terror Dome out in San Berdu, and that was awesome, man. It was like a pool converted into a skate park. Oh right? shit, nice! There was skaters. It was all outdoor in somebody's backyard in San Bernardino, wow. and they had bands playing, like on the skate ramp, and it was just a big party. Wow, that's it's so crazy. I mean, it's like, almost it's like it's going full circle. Yeah, because that's how exactly. it started. It's kind of wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's really that's really really cool. I'm I'm glad to hear that that's going on because um, I think that needs to happen a lot more. And speaking of skate parks, you know what's fucking awesome? Kind of throw a tangent is how cool is it now? You just drive down the road and you'll see a regular, you know, normal grass park, and then right next to you, you'll see a an actual skate park built for kids. It's like how cool is that? Yeah. You know, <laughs> a lot of shit sucks in our society, but that's pretty cool. one. What was that park that we got? Uh, it was the Rialto Park. Yeah, we were at the Rialto Park, and they were doing a live music show there at their uh, skate area. Mm. And uh, yeah. it was awesome. I mean, it was a lot of fun, a lot of turnout, a lot of kids and everything. But the cops ended up coming out and shutting it down like right at 930, I think it was. Oh, because I was. For sound. sound. And that happened to be just when we were going on. <laughs> they let us play exactly four measures of music before they, before they shut it down. Yeah. <laughs> They let it set up first. No, like, wait, self. we're going to wait until they get completely set up and then ruin their day. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, note to <laughs> self, if you're going to do that. Do yes, that is the risk. At least they didn't. you didn't have to bail and like lose your gear or something. Right. It wasn't like the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think our bass player almost lost his gear that night. He was getting kind of mouthy. Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, shit can go down. Yeah, that's, uh, dude. And uh, that's another <laughs> thing. Out here in Southern California, we would always practice um, way back in the day in our garages, you know, as um, kids. And I don't ever remember the police coming and really telling us it's too noisy. But out in Arizona, oh, man, the cops, they're like Nazis. You play in your garage, dude, they'll be in there in a minute, banging on your garage, telling you got to turn the music right. down. And this is at noon <laughs> on a Saturday. So maybe that's uh -huh. why our scene is kind of thriving. And thank God it's still thriving. Yeah. California really values music. That's, that's part of the reason why it's, there's so many great bands that come out of this area because it's valued and people love it and, uh, you know, they support it. Yeah, definitely. Well, going from the old school punk and kind of watching it go full circle to now the evolution of new school punk, let's check out one, uh, one of your other songs that's very socially commentary type song but it's called uh, Facebook is an asshole by the whining pussies selfie Facebook is a fucking asshole fuck you and your fucking friends thumbs up for you whiny problems about political tastes I don't care about your dead grandma Bitch, you're wrong when you get you all I don't wanna know about your maladies Don't post pictures of food you eat I don't give a shit about who you're with They suck like you Go eat a dick Facebook is a fucking asshole Fuck you and your fucking friends Thumbs up for you Fuck yourself! You made a post about lemonade 
not that funny, your humor sucks I don't give a shit about your friends or connections Your new relationship is my sloppy seconds Facebook is a fucking asshole Fuck you and your fucking friends Thumbs up for your wider problems My posts fly over your head You train wreck Fuck you You suck Eat shit Alright, and that was Facebook is an Asshole by The Whining Pussies. And that song is pretty fucking awesome. And I also really like the video. So let's get into the political mosh pit and like, let's talk about that video. It's really focused on Facebook, but also social media in general. So why does Facebook or social media suck, guys? You know, it's, it's a creates an overinflated sense of self-worth to a lot of people that really just should shut the fuck up. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of me, me, me on there and I just can't stand it. So I think, uh, you know, Clark Steven over here, he put it into words like perfectly with the whole thing. There's a lot of stuff, uh, you know, you don't see, I don't know. It's hard to say. I'm really kind of agitated with the whole Facebook thing. I really don't like it. Social media is, it's ruining a, the world. It's ruining America. It's like a virus and we're all infected by it. Like no joke. It's the worst virus for people to have. If you want to see some stupid stuff? Let's pop open Facebook. We'll see all kinds of stupid stuff, but it does have its necessary. It has its uh, perks too. So such as uh, networking with other bands, uh, you know, promoting shows and everything like that. So it's a double-edged sword. Exactly. Yeah, it's a necessary evil. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, with, with something as big as social media and it being in the hands of everybody, there, there's going to be positives and negatives of it. I, I mean, most of the time when I go on Facebook, I'm not using it just for my personal benefit. I, I mean, I use it mostly for my band. And without that, it's such a, it's such a important tool to promote your band and let people know about it because everybody's on Facebook or Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yep. But at the same time, you have, to, you have to see a lot of stuff you don't really want to see and it kind of pisses you off. There's a lot of uh, political stuff you have to go through and people giving their opinions. But I mean, that's part of it. It's mm-hmm. part of free speech and saying what you want. Yeah. Like that's really how I use my social media really is uh basically politically um you know doing things politically and then also promoting you know the podcasts and intern bands who are featured on the podcast but uh like earlier today just before we set up this interview i i went on twitter (laughs) of course you know because now you have to go and check twitter because fucking trump or at least you know i'm politically inclined so as politically inclined people have to go on the morning and go check i never really checked twitter before but now i have to do it every day and so of course i go hillary clinton says some dumb fucking shit so i have to leave a comment and now i'm in an argument with all these hillary bots you know because i just want to see what the idiot Uh trump was doing for you know an hour and i feel drained afterwards so um you know just like you said it's like what the why i didn't you know i didn't accomplish anything they really didn't accomplish anything but i still did it and i'll probably do it again (laughs) but i'm not gonna lie usually when you when you do the debates on people on twitter it usually does grow your following whether it's good or bad, but that's why Trump does that kind of shit and is so provocative because it makes people follow him. It grows his following. He it me, 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 just like you were saying. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, that's the one thing that I hate the most about the whole social media thing. And this is what I mean by it being a virus is it's, you know, you go on there and you go and rant with somebody, you go back and forth exchanging words and whatnot. Um, at the end of it, Who's really going to be affected by it? It's not going to be that person. You're going to change your fucking mind. Hmm. You're going to end up only being agitated because they're that stupid for not seeing it. You know? Yeah. I'm usually kind of, I don't think other people are stupid, but I'm usually like, ah, oh, you don't even want to have a, a debate. Because I, I almost, I know I'm not going to change a lot of people's minds, but I'm just fascinated with how people think. I'm like, how the fuck can someone still support Trump? Or how, how the hell can someone think this way? So I, I kind of like to look into it more. Well, I think it, com- it comes down to, I mean, 
for me, there's so many lies out there. Like, what's, what, what's the truth and what are you supposed to believe? What lie are you going to decide is the truth? Yes. And then get it, you know, get behind that and try to defend it. I mean, it's almost ridiculous because where do we get our information from? We get it from the media most of the time. We get it from social media. Mm-hmm. So what's the truth? Yeah. What are you going to, what are you really finding? Are you, you may think it's the truth, but it could be a lie. Yeah. So yeah. is it worth it to argue? Yeah. It's, it's almost, um, Personally, I, they're all different spins. Exactly. Yeah. Personally, I try and stay away from like national politics and stuff. I try and focus more on local things that I'll actually open my front door, see what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, like school district stuff that the kids are going to, uh, local mayors and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, that's more what I'm interested in. I could give two craps about what some somebody like thousands of miles away that has no no realistic touch to reality. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I kind of yeah I try and avoid the national ones mainly. And you know, it's another thing is, is the fact that here's another thing social media does to it when it comes to politics is it polarizes people very badly. Yeah. You'll see people that are extreme left or they're extreme right. You don't see very many people that are in the middle. They understand like, hey, there's some good here, there's some good there, there's some bad here, there's some bad there. You got to be in the middle. You can't be too left or too right when it comes to politics, you know? Mm. That's what I don't like. See, you're talking to people either extreme left or extreme right. It's almost like the rooting for a sports team. Yes, but like no. they're you're totally right about the 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 um team mentality and it's more like a cult mentality mentality however it's yeah. not the right versus the left it's the extreme centrist versus the extreme right um the the mm-hmm. left doesn't exist in our in our culture so it's it, so it's not the left versus the right it's the middle versus the right and that's why the right has been able to move so far right over the last 30 years that we have people running around openly being okay with you know fascism and nazism you know it's it, that's the problem it is the cult you're exactly right and that's the problem i like to talk to you know democrats who are in the middle and then i like to talk to the uh the far right on the trump supporters um and have debates and have conversations that's kind of why i started the podcast because we can go back and forth and you're totally right that's what's important when you're just spouting off little talking points on twitter back and forth nothing really gets accomplished and you're just kind of wasting your time so i mean you're totally right but i I, in my my personal thought it's kind of it's the it is it's not the left versus right it's these extreme um you know the democrats versus the republican it's like a it's sports teams it's exactly right right go rams Yeah, and you know, so you kind of see the people being divided, and you see more and more people using social media. Um, there's actually this uh, TV show. It's called Black Mirror. Are you guys familiar with that? The show? No. Okay, it's a sci-fi. No. It's like a sci-fi type show, kind of like think uh, the Twilight Zone, but in the 21st century. It's it's, it's really and it's it's a British show. It's really fucking cool. They have one episode that in the future everyone uses a social media site essentially to judge anyone else. So if you see someone in real life, you can rate them. So what this happened is it created a society where everyone was only trying to please everyone else in order to get their rating higher. And the higher rating you have, the better... It's like a credit rating, essentially. So the better credit rating or social rating you have, the better things you could buy, you get lower interest rates. So everyone was just fake as fuck in this society. And I that, right. that really blew me away. I mean, where and you know, where do you think this social media virus, as you put it, where do you think it's going in the future? Because it's definitely not stopping. No, it's definitely not stopping. Yeah, this is, it is the future. Um, I think it, I think it could get to that point. I think it desensitizes a lot of people, especially kids, because uh, all the kids are on social media, and I feel like they see a lot of stuff that they normally shouldn't. It's, I mean, it's real stuff too. You'll see violent stuff on Facebook, violent videos, and they're just up there. And kids on Facebook, they're seeing that. It's not like a movie. Yeah, it's not. Let's not stop there either. You know, look at like online gaming and stuff where they have totally unrestricted access to people. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I got one of the kids wants to play Call of Duty and everything online. And I'm like, I don't know, dude, because I've done it myself and <laughs> I've heard some things. Yeah, yeah, because some of the things I heard, I think it, I was some comedian said, he's talking about, oh, I was playing Call of Duty and I never knew so many 12-year-olds fucked my mom. Because <laughs> that's what <laughs> they're all telling them, you know? <laughs> So, yeah, and that's a different form of social media, really. You it, know? Oh, that's yeah, actually, like an interactive. One. Oh, the gaming community so is, is that, totally one, definitely. So the kids being fed all this at such an early age is that a positive or is that a negative for them? I mean, it, it's tough to decide. I, it's definitely desensitizing them. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, I mean, video games now, I remember back in the day, it was two buttons, you know, and I, I was pretty good at those. But now it's, you know, 30 buttons on the controller and they're just, you you can go a million different ways, not just straight or backwards. It's just, it's too much for me personally. <laughs> but some of these kids, yeah. it is it, it is kind of impressive how, um, how good they are with maneuvering the characters and it makes them very, um, you know, dexterous with their fingers and high-end coordination. But then also it's that social aspect. We're desensitizing kids at a younger age. And I, that can't be good at all. They can't be good. I don't think so. Yeah. Not likely. I mean, you can hope that they're going to grow up quicker and be more uh, ready for the world. Ready for the world. But yeah, yeah. that the realistic view of it's that's not going to happen. They're just going to be desensitized to everything that's going on. And when shit really goes down, they're just going to be like, ah, seen it before. Right. Yes. Yeah. And the, the thing that really kind of fucking pisses me off is when the baby boomer generation comes out and talks a bunch of shit about, you know, the millennials and the, the younger kids and saying, oh, they're lazy, they're desensitized and this and that. They have their, you know, they're entitled. And it's like, y- you gave them this, <laughs> you know, you gave them this, uh-huh. aw- this powerful technology you know, children, and now you're upset with these children at what they did with the technology you gave them. It's it's like crazy. Yeah. So I mean, yep, are the I parents agree. to blame at all in in any of this? Um, I think society as a whole is to blame. Yes, yes. Boom. Yep. We're we're kind of in this frame of mind where we don't really care about anything except for what we can get for ourselves at the time. Mm. And I think we discard a lot of our values when it comes to that. We just say, screw it. They'll deal with it, you know. Um, But that's kind of the, you know, that's my take on it, my feeling about it at least. Mm, Yeah. Oh, I I agree 100%. It's uh, that selfish, you know, need mentality now, 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 I need it now. And that's what social media does. That's what you're saying way at the beginning of the conversation. It's almost like social media is almost kind of like a reflection of our society. Right. So it's almost like it was it kind is. of inevitable uh, for it to happen. Mm-hmm. Do you think social media, there'll be a time when um, it's, it becomes censored? Because Facebook's kind of doing that already. Yes. Censoring certain issues. And so is well, they'll ban you for an amount of time. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. YouTube is demonetizing a lot of videos that are quote unquote, um, you know, provocative or or political, anything political. So you know, but it's not YouTube's money to pay people. You know, they don't like the content. But I think that if Facebook or Twitter uh, and YouTube do start that, I think a new a new one will emerge, a new social media site will emerge, and people will move and. I heard it's called, um, it was a social scientist was talking about, I I was listening, I think it was a TED talk or something, but he's talking about um, social media in general and as a whole, and he called it the nightclub effect. And he said, basically, once the kids' parents and grandparents go onto a social media platform, it essentially kills the social media platform because it's like having your parents and grandparents at the nightclub. Right, watching over yeah, yeah, you don't want them at the nightclub. So then it's kind of true because if you look back, once Facebook was really big and all the parents started getting on mm-hmm. Facebook and requesting, why isn't, why aren't you accepting Nana's friend requests? You know, right. uh, they, the kids kind of moved to Snapchat or, you know, to, uh, Instagram and a lot of the other ones. So right. people will adapt, I think. So while we're on this whole technology type thing, I mean, I, I know you guys said you don't like to get into, um, you know, federal, uh, federal issues. Uh, but th- this is kind of a, 
a big deal. It's the FCC. They're going to repeal uh, net neutrality and actually essentially, you know, give big monopoly corporations access to police how you go online, essentially bundling your internet like how cable is bundled now. Have you heard about that? What's your guys' thoughts on that? I've heard about it. I heard about it briefly. I didn't really do any studying up on it, so I'm not really familiar with like how this is all going to affect and work down. It's. I think it's. Eventually, it's going to cost us more money. Everything yeah. is. Is that what it is? Like advertising it more. Right. Yeah. It'll be like a. We'll be paying for Facebook, paying for. Oh yeah, yeah. You'd have to whatever, pay for that, yeah. like HBO. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like if you want, if you want internet just for, um, email. Let's say it'll probably mm-hmm. be two ninety nine a month or super cheap. But then if you want, you know, email, social media, streaming sites, gaming sites, you know, then right. it's going to be two ninety nine plus twenty plus thirty plus ten plus five. So it'd add up to be. Yeah, it's just like the, yeah. the TV channel, the TV companies do, right? With the packages. Pretty much. You want this channel. And right now, all the telecom communication, all the channels, you know, the big players, they're saying, oh, no, 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 we'll, we won't do this. We won't do this. You know, but right. you know, but it's like, yeah, right. Once you do it, however, the one side on the the one argument on the other side that I have heard, which is kind of makes sense, is that Netflix and Amazon, basically, they've gotten very rich off of using all the bandwidth. So essentially, this would be because the uh, the ISP providers, you know, your internet service providers, have to give you. Um, more speed if someone just watches Netflix all day, just leaves it streaming. And then that hurts other people being able to get more internet. So in that regard, it kind of makes sense. But I think they're trying to fix mm-hmm. this, that one problem. You know, they're throwing the baby out with right. the water per se. You know? Yeah. And like you're going to create more problems. Exactly. Well, the like, question would be what companies are actually looking at doing something like that? Are we like talking about, uh, the Turner Company or whatnot, oh, yeah. Warner and whatnot. Yeah, and Cox. And Cox. It'd be anyone Well, they're provides. losing money because people aren't watching their shows on TV it, anymore. Exactly. So where are they going to make that money? They got it up by charging you to do this shit. So, mm-hmm. yeah, guaranteed net neutrality is going to make it more expensive just to communicate with people the way we do nowadays. Uh-huh. And, I mean, I, I'm here in San Diego. You guys are up in... Uh, uh, Huntington Beach, it's Southern California, and here, and I'm pretty sure up there, there's only two providers you can pick from, like Cox or Time Warner. So, <laughs> some places you only have one internet service provider you can even go to. So, whatever they want to yeah. set the price on, that's what you got to pay. Right. Really, isn't that a monopoly, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would think so, right? <laughs> You would think that qualifies as a monopoly, but no, big companies get away with it all the time. Exactly. Well, there's a different standard and a different set of rules for uh, those big companies and uh, everyone else, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah. So, all right. Well, you know, going back to social media and before we wrap everything up, what, like you're saying, some of the positive ways of using social media for a band or for music or for artwork um you guys have some pretty awesome videos you know you're you you are you're putting out a bunch of stuff on social media what would be some advice for a smaller band or any other band looking for any type of advice you know using social media in a productive way i mean since everybody's on social media that is the easiest way to reach people people you know already and you know gaining new fans it's a it's a web um your friends have friends and they can always discover new music through their friends. Um, I think it's just all about constantly putting stuff out there and being a presence on social media and uh, just just spreading the music. Yeah. Just keep putting your stuff out. You know, if you keep putting your stuff out there, keep coming up with new stuff. Um, preferably, you want to do it as high quality as possible within your budget, whatever it may be. But that's the beauty of going DIYs. is you don't have to pay a corporation for all what they do for you. You're not in debt to them. Mm. You're doing it all for yourself. So you can contact people, get some merchandise made up. Oh, we need t-shirts. So I'm going to go on social media and look up some t-shirt designers real quick, see what kind of pricing I can get. It makes it really easy. Back in the day, you couldn't do a tour planning like you can now, you know yep. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Phone calls, go over to your buddy's house, charge up the long distance on their phone. <laughs> get all mad with them and you get denied like a month later. by yeah you get denied by a bunch of them too yeah that's such i didn't right. even think about long distance calls yeah that's a great fucking I would, point i would 
think about how it would be without social media. If there wasn't social media today, how would I go about, you know, gaining new fans, get my music out there? It'd be a lot harder. I mean, that's, I think social media is the most important tool for bands right now. It's the most evil thing, but the most beautiful thing at the same time. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think what you guys are totally kind of hitting on and what you got to do and what you're saying is kind of creating a community. You got to create a community of, you know, fans or like-minded individuals by posting um, yep. the music and, and, you know, memes. You can't forget the memes. You know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, if, if nothing else from social media, we got fucking memes, I suppose. Right. <laughs> oh, man. I could do something about that now. I write one about memes. I think I left Dude, that one out. That that is that's like endless, man. Endless material. And the best part about that, you yeah. can always go and make a you know another song that you know keeps going because there's always new memes. You know? Yeah, I, mean, I can already see the video. Without, the video. Like, I was just gonna <laughs> say, I would love to see your video on that one because your guys' video. Um, before I let you go, I'll kind of, you know, talk about it again, plug it again, because that, the Facebook sucks video got us talking about all this is really, really fucking funny. Um, and it's very well done because a lot of the times it looks like you guys are live streaming and then you have the reactions at the bottom. It looks like it's done on Facebook, but you're totally making fun of right. it. It's, it's, it's really good. Who was the producer and everything? You got to give him a, a shout out or the director. The, the videographer was Ed Shears. And he's a videographer in North Hollywood. Um, helped us come up with the concept, and uh, he's just genius when it comes to to coming up with concepts for videos and listening to a song. So all you bands out there, if you if you have a good song and you want to shoot a video for it, contact Ed Shears. S H I E R S. EdShears dot com. Nice. Uh, you'll see all the videos, his work he's done. He's great. Yeah, he comes in. He's like a real professional. He knows. Basically, he'll brainstorm with you, kind of get an idea of what you're thinking, what he's thinking, put it out on the table, and then when you guys come up with what you're going to do, he's really efficient at coming out and getting the footage that he needs. Hmm. And he'll work within your budget, too. You don't have to be rich. Ah, that's that's rich. important. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, so he'll take uh, a yeah, We know food like, and... the budget is what kills a lot of bands, yes. you know, because uh-huh. they think you've got to spend all this money on doing this and that. You don't really. And yeah. when you do it right, you'll see that money come back through yes. other means like merchandise. Yeah. I think, I think uh, just like anything, man, it's all about the concept. Like, you know, if the concept is good, you know, even if it's not filmed the best way or doesn't have the highest budget, it's still going to be good. It's, it's about storytelling and having the concept. Mm-hmm. I and agree. And that's what that video totally had. And I was just, and it was, it looked good too, but the concept was awesome. So thanks for giving him a, a big shout out. And I hope anyone else um, who's hearing this, definitely just go check out the video uh, by the whining pussies called Facebook sucks. It's really awesome. I'll, I'll, it's actually Facebook. Facebook is an asshole. Oh, it's Facebook is an asshole. Oh, I thought it was Facebook. Okay, I, well, shit. I, uh, I thought you were citing. I thought there's no cursing allowed in this show. But no, I'll drop dude, a bunch there's of so much cursing. I, well just go. No, I have the expletive. Okay, I will go back and fix that for the uh, intro on the yeah, other thing. But... going to be all over you after this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have the expletive uh, for a reason on iTunes. So we have to use the fuckity fuck fuck out of the expletive because I have it up there. So we got to <laughs> use it, you know? <laughs> Um, so cool, cool. Yeah, I'm glad we we're uh, we plugged him. And it's Facebook is an asshole, and I'm an asshole for getting it wrong. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, but seriously, that's a really uh, a cool song, and I love how it has that social message on it. And I, you know, I really encourage that. So definitely, everyone, go check that out. And so before I let you go, though, uh, apart from your music videos, I know you guys have music online. You guys are playing a bunch of shows. So where can people go online to find all your music and everything that's going on with the Whining Pussies? Um, first, our social media. We have uh, a Facebook page and an Instagram page. I think if you just search the Whining Pussies, both of those will pop up. You can Google it. Give us a follow. It makes us really happy when people follow our pages. Um, and all of our music and our music videos uh, are up on Reverb Nation, or you can find our videos on YouTube too. You can just search the Whining Pussies, and it's P U S S Y S, just because it looks better. I know I E S would be grammatically correct. A lot of people tell me that, but uh, 
Yeah, we went with the Wyatt. Wyatt. We were going to go with the Crying Cats, but that's too rockabilly, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god! Sometimes, sometimes when people ask me my band name, my band name is to get a little shy, and I say the Lion Pussy Cats. You know, like an older mom or something. (laughs) I get a little shy sometimes. Clark McStephen, fun fact here: he's actually a school teacher, and a couple of the kids found out that he was in a band. It was like, dude, I seen your band playing. Yeah. Oh no! Don't tell anybody. That's so funny. I was I was talking about this interview uh, and and your band in front of my daughter, and uh, you know, and she's like, "What? That's a band? The Whining Pussies?" And then she kept saying it, "The Whining Pussies." I was like, "Oh God, okay, okay." Yeah. <laughs> it's a great... okay. You said it enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, that's a great name, you know, and uh, I'm I'm very happy I didn't ask uh, what the inspiration for the name was because that is for another host on another interview to ask you guys. <laughs> but, um, yeah, hey, thanks so much for coming on the Punk Rock and Politics podcast, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, definitely. Anytime. And I know I'm traveling up north soon, so we'll have to do a live interview uh, with you guys again and 390 for sure. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. that'd be a lot of fun. We like those guys. They're really good people, and they got good tracks. They're really yeah. high-energy punk band, you know. I think they're the best, one of the best punk bands up here right now, SoCal Scene. Yeah. 390's killing it. Yeah, 390 is where it's at. That's so very well. Big shout-out to Ronnie and all the guys from 390. And um, I'm going to let you guys go, but before I go, we're going to hear one more song. Here's No Metaphor Needed by The Whining Pussies. pussies <laughs> and uh, steve and kevin for coming on the punk rock and politics podcast it's they're uh, a blast to talk to and you know their music is <laughs> pretty fucking awesome i was totally uh, jamming out they have a lot of songs um they have a lot of songs so if you like the whining pussies i would definitely recommend going over um over on the reverb nation page like they were saying they have a they have a bunch of songs over there so and i'm 
the way these guys are going, just non-stop pumping out videos, I'm sure they're gonna pump out a bunch more freaking songs, so, um, dude, hats off to the Whining Pussies, I really like their style and everything, and they're a band, you have, you just have that feeling, you know, like, they have that, the cool-ass name, and the music, and they just, everything about them, they, I, I think they have a lot of potential, um, oh, and one more thing before I want to move on, I, when I was going back and editing the episode, um, editing the interview, I heard that um, Steve and I totally dropped the ball on it. He said he was a teacher and, you know, we made a joke about it, but I always like to really honor teachers. So I want to say, fuck yeah, Steve. <laughs> That's really awesome, man. Because um, teachers are pretty much probably one of the most important professions that we have in our society because they're, you know, giving their knowledge and helping the youth or other, you know, really the youth or anyone who wants to seek knowledge. They're helping them gain that knowledge, which isn't that what society's all about and bettering the human race and getting smarter, you know? So hats off to you. Thanks for uh, doing that, Steve. But let's get to the end of the program. Here's what I like to call <laughs> Open Mic's Last Call, where I rant to myself um, on a microphone, and I hope to God maybe someone will listen to it. But congratulations on making it this far to the end of the podcast. Um, well, a few things before I move on to the tax scam bill. Uh, definitely thank you so much for everyone who's listening. The numbers are like going up quite a bit recently over the past uh, two months or so, really since October. The podcast, the numbers have just been going up, um, getting a lot of emails from bands um, who we're going to have on, and it's really cool. I love getting emails from bands, being like, hey man, do you like our music? Can we come on the podcast? I'm like, 99% of the time, I'm like, fuck yeah, let's come on, you know, and then we, we talk a little bit, and I'm like, you know, we figure out an issue and a topic we want to talk about, but yeah, that's awesome. I love getting new bands emailing me. <laughs> it saves so much time, so if you know any bands or um, if or if you are in a band, email me, punkrockandpolitics at gmail.com or go on Twitter, um, shoot me a tweet. Let's get your band, let's get you on the podcast, interview you, the whole band, feature some of your music. Let's, uh, let's do this, man. And if uh, you hear any bands that you like, please email them if you're going to be in town or if you're going to go see them. Um, because we want to support each other. Or if you are a touring band, and if you're going to a specific town or a city that you hear some of these other bands, you should definitely shoot them an email. Because any of these bands, they know their city and their towns. Just like how we're talking to the, the Whining Pussies and Ronnie from 390. These guys know uh, the Orange County area in Southern California. They know the, the venues to go to and everything. So, you know, bands, like we're saying, this is the 21st century. Let's use our connection. Let's, uh, let's help each other book some shows and fucking rock out all right let's move on before i uh, waste all my time just rambling uh, now i'm gonna go ramble about politics <laughs> so what happened everyone's freaking out oh my god oh my god the tax bill plan uh, passed the senate 51 votes yes okay but here is the thing it passed in the middle of the night barely mitch mcconnell oh man the turtle barely uh got the votes together because really it goes down to okay lisa murkowski of alaska she was a holdout so was uh, collins and then also um jeff flake of arizona susan collins is from maine these are all senators so but <laughs> lisa murkowski of alaska she she was didn't want to sign on the bill until they they uh, put a provision that it's going to open up drilling in Alaska, uh, up in the Arctic. And she says, yeah, that's great. We need to drill up here and destroy the environment more. So that they got her vote. And the thing is, that provision isn't going to get taken out when they do the, um, the basically the um, the mix. The, the House and the Senate have to meet up and they have to basically create a bill together, which this is where it's going to get problematic. So the House Republicans, they'll definitely be like, yeah, fuck yeah, we want to drill in the Arctic. That is totally okay. But here's where the problem comes. Um, Mitch McConnell promised Senator uh, Susan Collins, like I said, from Maine, he promised her that there'd be uh, some 
easing people off of the Obamacare because it's going to repeal the individual mandate, which 13 million people are going to lose their health insurance. So basically, Susan Collins wants a reassurance that there'll be provisions in there so it won't just rip the health insurance away from people and hurt 13 million people. She wants to slowly (laughs) rip it away, which the House Republicans are probably not going to be okay with that. And then we move on to Senator Jeff Flake. And Senator Jeff Flake is very... Um, you know, he's from Arizona, so immigration is a big deal. And this is his last year. Right? He's not running for re-election, so he doesn't give a fuck. You know, he'll vote against this. That's what people don't get. I'm pretty sure uh, Susan Collins, she's she's going to be retiring soon if she's not, because she's quite moderate. I don't see her lasting if she doesn't get primaried. So Jeff Flake, he's leaving. He doesn't give a fuck. If, 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 but what he wants and what Mitch McConnell promised Jeff Flake is a DACA. Basically, um, you know, saying that they're going to work with to have protections that will uh, end the with shields the children. So he's basically doesn't want the DACA to just be straight repealed. Again, just like... Susan Collins with the uh, Obamacare individual mandate. Jeff Flake wants it to slowly or maybe even protect some children or revisit DACA, which here's the thing. The House Republicans are going to be no way. House Republicans want DACA repealed. And if you don't know what DACA is, that's the Deferred uh, Child Action on plan and basically it says any child the dreamers any child who's brought here illegally uh or un- is in is undocumented but if they were brought here under the age of 18 they get to stay that was the obama um era policy that passed and jeff flake wants to see that stay or stay in pieces but the republicans want it repealed and the craziest thing is why is repealing daca in the tax bill and why is the repealing the individual mandate for obamacare in the tax bill why is drilling in the alaska in alaska in the tax bill didn't john mccain talk about pork barrel spending and all this bullshit and about uh you know earmarks and about individual prizes that they put shove into bills and now the republicans are trying to push this shit through and there's all these random little things in there that what does drilling alaska have to do with a tax reform. It doesn't make sense. And well, it does make sense because they can't pass fucking anything. The Republicans haven't passed any legislation this entire fucking year. The only win that the Trump administration has is Neil Gorsuch, really, and a bunch of stupid executive orders, which can be overturned or, you know, a new president can go in and sign their own executive orders and Trump is kind of erased. So really, and the the stock market has been rallying up to 24,000, it'll probably hit 25,000 even higher. Um, If if this tax bill gets passed, it's going to go even higher. But I think it's going to be a problem. Reconciliation, when it goes, I just don't see the House Republicans agreeing with the DACA, taking DACA off or doing a limited DACA uh, repeal or with the other side with the Obamacare repeal by, I I just don't see the House Republicans going with that. And then if they lose both of those votes, if they keep um, Jeff Flakes and Susan Collins, then it passes. But if they lose one vote, then it'll be a tie, 50-50 tie, and then um, Pence, he'll come in, break the tie. So essentially, they need to lose two of those votes, which, <laughs> oh man, I don't know. That's going to be fucking close. So the House Republicans, basically, which one are they going to um, kind of bend a little bit to? Are they going to cave with the DACA repealing, or are they going to cave with the individual mandate repeal? Um, and then they could just get one of those senators to uh, vote with it, and then you get Pence to go in and break the tie. So it's not looking good. <laughs> it's not looking good. But who knows? Uh, laws always have problems and shit always happens and who knows we, the other day in a day or two there could be a big scandal of someone sexually harassing someone you know maybe paul ryan was sexually harassing someone <laughs> and it'll all go down and shit but we can't depend on that and everyone should definitely call their senators uh email your house of representative members and you know if this does pass Uh, we'll survive uh and if it doesn't pass well then trump is gonna look like a fucking 
idiot and the stock market is probably going to have an adjustment which is not good and that will be an issue for a, another open mics last call and i hope you enjoyed this episode um because i definitely enjoyed making it so thanks so much for checking out another episode of punk rock and politics and we'll be back next Tuesday, definitely. And then I might take a few weeks off for the holidays, but I actually have quite a bit of bands lined up. So I'm so stoked to bring you um, a couple really cool bands um, and looking forward to what those interviews hold. So have a great week and we'll check you out next week. Peace out. Thanks for checking out Punk Rock and Politics. If you enjoyed the show and the information brought to you, please subscribe and share the podcast. It helps us here at Punk Rock and Politics, but more importantly, it helps the featured bands gain exposure. Also, if you know any bands or musicians who would like to join the political mosh pit and have their music featured on the Punk Rock and Politics podcast, please email us at punkrockandpolitics at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. And rock on, political junkies. I think our all our society is run by insane people for insane object objectives. Doing a better job of talking to children. The left hand now knows what the right hand is doing. Look at those hands. Are they small hands? And he referred to my hands. If they're small, something else must be small. I guarantee you there's no problem. I guarantee you.